welcome to Red River Podcast because I just hit record. But mm-hmm. uh, so what are you doing? You going to 89 North for what? My son's the pop punk band. They got their mid-season show. It's a Halloween party. All the other bands are playing. There's a pop punk, indie rock, Led Zeppelin, Frank Zappa. Oh, that must be like the older kids or something. But it's like Zapp- Frank Zappa versus Parliament, something pretty advanced. So, uh, wow, yeah, yeah, they always do well. It's fun. It's what are they, what are they uh, covering today? Uh, I think they only they have more tunes, but uh, I think they're only doing three songs because it's like a shorter mid season show. So I know I think there's a Paramore Paramore song, a Green Day song that is popular after. I know Green Day. <laughs> I don't know uh, some of the later Green Day. Yeah, and um, and I know they just learned a Sum Forty One. I don't think they're doing that. I don't think they're doing Taking Back Sunday. But that's the gist of the Oh My Chemical Romance. He's a huge fan of. I've never heard that band in my entire life. <laughs> you probably laugh at me, but like I didn't know anything about. I knew the name and I knew they were quite popular. But he got assigned a song, um, so he's been like all about that shit. So oh, I've cool. learned a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the singer, they're like mutual friends because they're like Jersey guys. So mm-hmm. some of my friends are really good friends with them, you know, when they were playing to like nobody at Sports Plus. Yeah. Um, And then the, the, singer, the singer is like he makes stuff like the Umbrella Academy. You know that show? I've heard of that. He, yeah. that he created that? Yeah. So he like wrote the graphic novel that they turned into that Netflix ah. thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he's doing all right. Uh, he's, uh, he's gotta be caked up for sure. So he's like, Oh, let's just start the band up again. Why not? <laughs> yeah. No, nah, it's cool. I, I, I get, I get their popularity. I, well, I just learned about it. I get uh, it. Yeah, man. Uh, You know, today we're going to, I said we were going to do four episodes in October, you know, to get our horror itch out of the way. Uh, and this is the fourth one, you know, so we're, we're going to talk yeah. about uh, kills. Um, I didn't really I just basically went into my brain for the best kills or favorite kills. You know, I could probably, you know, we could come up with another 50. It's just what I did was I'm like mentally what has stuck with me, mm-hmm. you know, that way you don't have to like Google. I Googled one or two things just to see. Who did the I always effects. do that to see if I forget some forgot something or whatever, but I did the same thing as you. Like instantly, yeah. maybe fifteen or sixteen popped right into my head. I was like, you know, I, I'm not ranking these or whatever. These are just kills that I'd like to give a shout out to. Oh and, yeah, 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 and, and speak its name. Speak, yeah, let's <laughs> speak your name. Um, you know, you know, another thing that I did yesterday was it yesterday? Maybe it was Thursday. I don't remember. Um, but I watched Halloween six. So I've been watching the mm-hmm. Halloweens again just uh, this year because I don't As know. As we do. Yeah, but like a little bit more this year than I have been. Like, you know, through the years, I might watch like one, two, and four. Right. Uh, this year, I just went in, even the ones that I hated. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I watched all of them so far except for three H2O. Halloween kills and ends. So I still have four left. And I ended up watching, I, I, I guess I never watched the full Halloween six producers cut, which is okay. like the, you know, so Daniel Ferens, I'm pretty sure that's who wrote Halloween six, was like just a fan. And he was hired to like just, it's like, hey, you remember that French guy that did five and threw in a cowboy for no reason? Can you make sense of any of this stuff? So he, <laughs> he was like, all right, whatever. And he writes a script and I'm pretty sure it was Daniel Ferens. I, I could look it up, but I don't think it's that important. I don't think, I don't think the audience is going to care that much. Um, But so he writes this thing and, and they really lean into the, the thorn stuff. Right. But he comes up with such an interesting, like it's almost like the plot of Halloween six is like the best plot that they've ever had, but the production value feels yeah. like a direct. It felt like a '90s direct to to video movie, which sure. it wasn't. You know, it had a, a theatrical, 
Um, and I just, I guess when I watched the producers cut, I only watched the, the stuff that they took out. So it was like verses, you know, like maybe there was like a 30 minute YouTube clip. And I don't think I ever watched the full unrated producers cut. And mm-hmm. it's so much better than part six because part six is a mess. And, and it's such a mess. But what I didn't really put two and two together was the score. The Halloween score was almost absent, you know, and it shows you the power of like that whole like, you know, like every part of that score was in the producer's cut. And then you get the director's cut, which they were like, you know, because the the um the theatrical, which uh, the Weinsteins were like, we hate this. You got to go do X, Y and Z. And you watch yeah. it. And they ruined that movie. They ruined a good part of that movie. And then the score the Halloween score is just like, yo, how do you not have this in right. a lot of these scenes? And when you watch six, that score is like so, man, you, you're like, okay, this is a Halloween movie now. And and what what he did is he writes something that that was almost a little too cerebral mm-hmm. for 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 what was going on. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was like really. This year, what I realized was I hated five a lot, and then I watched right. it again. I'm in on five. I like five now because five, the more sequels that come out that have nothing to do with the tension, the tension mm-hmm. that that the tension is what makes a Halloween movie. It's not about the kill count, even like the kills. I, I don't have a Halloween kill in any of these heads because they're not memorable to me whatsoever. None of them because it, it almost isn't even they're, about they're that. never over the tap over the top kind of kills. They're just like steady savagery. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's that's, like the ones that pop out into my mind are the ones that went like above and beyond. <laughs> above and beyond, yeah, for sure. Um yeah. but yeah, you're I, not I, re-watching Rob Zombies, are you? I noticed you left <laughs> those out. <laughs> Did he make Halloween movie that didn't even I don't remember I must have missed that <laughs> yeah uh, I'm actually re-watching them now so when I get to five I'm gonna see what I think do re-watching that and then I want, I want to see that producers I never saw the producers cut of the one other yeah one so, so when I get there yeah listen one two and four are still the best mm-hmm. um it, and it's just I'm a what fan it, of the one two h2o timeline That's oh yeah my, uh, yeah my only where my, I reside my, my only gripe with H2O, I love, first of all, did you just watch it recently? No, I, uh, we're going to watch part four cause he's never seen it. I've been taking Good. him through all of them. So okay. yeah, but yeah, H2O had, had a great open and then it just kind of like, it just took forever. Mm-hmm. And another missing part of, of all this stuff is, is the guy that they got to play him in H2O looks like eight feet shorter. Mm-hmm. And the mask. So these like little nuanced things like the mat, like a lot of things take you out of it where you're like, oh, this sure. could be cool. And then the later stuff like Tom, uh, David, David Gordon Green got the mask and the look right. But just yeah. the vibe was like all off where it was just like, OK, like he's just going to kill you. Not like there was no, you know, where his movies worked were, were like the stalking scene in 2018 where the lights that light thing was going and he kept getting closer to that fat right. kid. Um, sure. So, but uh, anyway, yeah, let, let's, let's Before talk. We get into our list. Uh, did you done any haunts, haunt walks or anything? Uh, get into any of that. You know, this year we, we just haven't, maybe we'll, yeah. we'll, maybe we'll do some, you know, we used to drive around. We, I mean, we just didn't this year. Uh, and yeah. we would we would look at the houses that had all the cool stuff. Just haven't had the chance, you know. Been busy with a, a bunch of stuff, but we did. Uh, we did go to Dark Rise, or whatever the oh, one in Copeg. Okay, how was it? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Usually we, we usually, ended up not going, but oh, usually we go to Bayville, which is great. They mm-hmm. they do a um, and then the Gateway and uh, the uh, Bellport right. always on point. So. Cool. You didn't nice. do any? Yeah. No, nah, my son, we went to one last year and he wasn't really feeling it. And I said, you know, we could try it again. Or if you don't want to, he's just like, as far as the people like jumping out and whatever, he's just like, yeah, I don't really. I'm like, all right, we don't have to. So we did like a corn maze and fucking uh, 
Yeah. At uh, Schmidt's Farm, which is the best corn maze on Long Island. They do a haunted one at night too, but it's where where it's is huge. That? It's in uh, Melville, uh, near you know yeah. White Post. Have you ever yeah. heard of that? We yeah, went th- right by yeah. there. We went there last year. It was great. And my friend Nick works there. He's one okay. of the clowns. Yeah. He does the haunt stuff later on. They're fantastic. But other than that, I've just been a lot of pod horror related podcasts I've been playing getting like uh See You in Hell is one I'm listening to a lot with Joe DeRosa and Patrick Wilson, who break down horror and sci-fi films. Pretty funny. Oh. Dana Gould, I'm in his four-hour Halloween special, the Dana Gould Hour. He puts out a great Halloween special every year because he's cool because he's, he's saddled in. He knows the slasher era, but he also came up in that, you know, Forrest Ackerman famous monsters kind of fucking era too. So he does it all out. So and a comedian. I mean, that's what I remember yeah. Dana Gould being. He's and- a brilliant mind. He wrote for the Simpsons, whatever. You'll see him pop up on some of the like the specials where uh, maybe on the Eli Roth ones or this and that discussing. Yeah. 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 yeah he well, knows his shit. He, he he had a show. He I think he wrote God, it was a show. I, I forgot the name of it, but uh, maybe it was like that evil dead knockoff thing. Um, oh, Stan versus Evil or some shit. I feel yes, like he was involved with that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, great shit. But let's go. Let's let's dive yeah, in. Let's do it. So, so, um, I have eleven. So I don't know if you have an extra one. I just couldn't I get a bunch. I figure, you know, when it's not like they're they're things we're gonna dissect. We speak <laughs> your name. And exactly. So, uh, want me to start? I don't know. But I, we went with the uh, kills from all movie. I know we were talking about Big Five originally, but I thought there'd be some overlap and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I will mention one from one of the Big Five: uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Three, the Vane Puppet, Phillips Vane Puppet, uh, where the thing I love about Dream Warriors is how you know these kids have these powers and these dreams, but Freddy, you, know, you kind of uses their power or weakness against them like he usually does to kill them, and this kid made marionettes. So it always sat with me because veins really bother me. I don't like looking at them. I don't like seeing them bulge. I don't like anything about them. So him pulling the veins out to make a marionette puppet which just kind of sat. Very cool. Um, there was a lot of good stuff in there. You know, uh... Sure the you know one that i should have put in was like the when the girl that was doing like the the weight bar and he like mm-hmm. like breaks her elbows and then oh. crushes her in a roach motel oh yeah savage uh so i'm gonna do it you know no, no particular order uh mm-hmm. but the, there there's a scene in kill list the movie kill list uh which is <laughs> extra brutal um, yeah. you know, it, it took me forever, you know, cause it starts off so slow and, and it doesn't really, there's nothing, you don't really know what it's about. And you're like, ah, oh, it's just like talking and this, and it's like, why is everyone so into this? And then you realize what it is. Uh, but there, there, there's a scene in there where they torture a guy and they smack him around. They beat his legs and everything and hands with hammers. And it looks very real. And it's. Uh man, it, it it's like that beating casino with with the bats mm. and stuff. Yeah, uh, but yeah, for most people, probably haven't seen Kill List. Uh, I think it was Ben Wheatley who directed it. He yep. just did the Meg Two, which is interesting. He, he got his uh his big budget movie finally. So but, good uh, time too. Good yeah, time. Far cool. superior to the first one. Really? Uh, yes. I, I, ne- I had I a good time. It. Okay. Now listen, uh, I mean it ain't fucking amazing, but like I like what he did with it. Good. Uh yeah, so kill list the the hammer scene uh is something that uh you know, if you have no idea what I'm talking about like I just described it, it's a movie you should watch cuz it's great. It's it's really interesting. Uh all right, I'm going to shout out this this film has a lot of problems, not a great film. Uh Hannibal uh, the scene where Ray Liotta is fed his own brains. Yep. Um, there's something that there's something about that scene that's so calm because they he dosed them with morphine and whatnot. So every all, everyone present in the scene, Julianne Moore, Ray Liotta, and, and uh, Anthony Hopkins are all very calm. 
But when he takes his scalp and <laughs> his skull off, he takes pieces of his brain, he cooks it. And Ray Liotta calmly, oh, he talks about how good this smells and he <laughs> feeds it to him. Yes. And he's so doped out. Always creeped me the fuck out. Always didn't sit right with me. That was fucking great. You know, I thought about that and I was going to add that, but I didn't. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's like, I didn't remember too much else of the movie, but that seeing that in theaters and you get into that part, everyone was like, holy shit. Like, yeah, it wasn't a great movie. There, I remember yeah. the guy that looked like a burn victim and feeding people to some hogs and shit like that. But overall, it was, you know, after that first film was way that, disappointing. That, that was Gary Oldman. Yeah. And, and yes, that, and that makeup. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I mean, we both have Terrifier, right? So let's just save that for last because I know we have that, right? Part one and two. I didn't yeah. even know what part the, one and two. Now. Yeah. I let's just talk about that at the end. So I'm, I'm going to move that. Agreed. Uh, sure. there's, there's a movie called Red, White and Blue that you and I always talk about. Yeah. And uh, it's got one hell of a plot. And, uh, you know, I think it describes it in, in, in the plot synopsis what it is or maybe not so much. But anyway, th- there's a decapitation scene in that movie, um, like towards the end of, of the film. And it's. I just remember watching it going like, I've never seen anyone, anyone get their head cut off, but I'm almost positive that's what it would be like. Yeah. It, was, it was just very like, I don't know, maybe whoever directed it watched a lot of decapitation videos, but I'm just like looking at it going like, this is probably what it would be like. And it was very, it was, it was kind of hard yeah. to watch because you're like, whoa, like that's that's heavy. So Red, White and Blue is currently streaming up on uh, AMC Plus, which is a great app. Um, it, that's one of those films that um, I always I, I I stumbled upon it, watched it. And when it was over, I felt really bad. Like I felt like just horrible. It like there- sucked the life out of me, but I respected it the whole time. Yeah, for what it did, because you know how many movies do you see that don't make you feel anything? So, uh, listen, uh, but also reluctant to. I know I want to watch it again, but I know before I like press it, I'm like, man, do I <laughs> do I want to feel like this? do I want to watch this right now? I did a rewatch. I just did that I did with a... Mother. I just did that with Mother, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it with this again. I so. did a re- I did a rewatch with Red, White, and Blue <laughs> when they when it got added to AMC Plus. Yeah. And it's... It's still there. Mother was sure. weird because mother genuinely made me feel anxiety, which I'm not an anxious person. Yeah. I don't, I, it's just not in my name. Like I'm not anxious about anything. Uh, I probably should, but I'm not. <laughs> and mother made me feel like, I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> like, yeah, just, it had the same feeling the second time on me. The only thing is, I guess, some of the uh, maybe allegory that I didn't really care to pay attention to the first yeah. time, and, like the metaphors, and like yeah. I watched it for that. But, but as far as the anxiousness, it was all like, just, yeah, like, the first time, but um, all right, yeah, um, next, all right, I'm gonna go to a uh, back to a simple one. We're gonna go back to the big five here, and I'm gonna shout out, um. Friday the Thirteenth Part Two: The Wheel, The Wheelchair Kill. Um, you know, shout out. We have booked that Red River podcast. Believe in inclusiveness. You know, yeah. and I'm glad Friday the Thirteenth Part Two did also. The wheelchair guy gets machete shoved into his face, and comically rolls down the stairs, like like almost like that scene in Mac and Me when the kid is flying and on the wheelchair on the cliff. That's how funny it was, and it's just instantly rememberable. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Listen, that guy. Not, you know, it, what that showed me was even guys in wheelchairs can get laid. You know, because that guy yeah. seemed like he was on his way to to the promised land before he caught that that machete or whatever to the to the dome. Tragic, and even uh, more tragic. You know, he he was more likable than the other wheelchair guy uh, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, <laughs> you know, I feel like he uh he elevated the game a little. Mm-hmm. Um, man, there's a movie that's absolute. Like, this is the only movie on my list that I would not recommend to anyone. Sure, because it's just fucking vile. Gutter balls. Mm. <laughs> I remember. So we just had stack on my 
for like uh, a couple of episodes <laughs> and we were at his house hanging and I was like, oh, Gutter Balls is on Amazon Prime and we start watching it and I forget like it. So it's like me, him and his younger brother. And we're watching this movie and it's just fucking vile. There's like a rape scene in it. And I totally forgot that it lasted for about 50. It really did last for like 15 minutes and like eight, nine minutes in. Like his brother's like, I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> and then Mike's like, God damn it. Now I got to finish this movie. <laughs> like, you know, we were just like, we were just sitting there in disgust. And I was just like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have recommended this movie. But there's a scene in it um, where um, the killer um makes these two people 69 like sexually 69 there's a lot of i mean it you know there's a lot of dick and pussy involved in this movie and he uh suffocates both of them in their private parts and and that's how he kills them and in my head i'm thinking like never seen that before uh can't say i will ever forget seeing that again <laughs> i mean it just unbelievable scene uh, 69 to death and I think he like also like cuts a dick in half in this movie and you see it obviously is a prosthetic dick uh, and you see like the peel apart and you're like wow so yeah uh, enter at your own risk for that's a fun movie yeah Uh, all right I am gonna go with you see this pop up on a lot of these kind of lists and stuff. And uh, I just wanted to mention it because it's not a film I would recommend because it's not a good film, but that intro it's up there with like Dawn of the dead remake or whatever else, but ghost ship, the beginning of ghost ship. Yeah. 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 That's all you, you can know? say about it. Yeah. Super clever. Uh, a wire basically cuts through an entire, you know, it's a, some old, old tiny dance ballroom kind of thing a wire cuts through them all there's a moment where like what the fuck just happened and then everybody slowly slide their body parts slide apart and the blood starts slowly coming out and then it's just carnage all over the place i mean how that's how you start a film unfortunately not much to say after that yeah they should have spread that uh, across the movie you know yeah yeah back, back when but... juliana margolis uh, ruled the world mm -hmm. um <laughs> <laughs> uh what was i gonna say you you mentioned something and i was gonna say something god damn yeah so there's certain movies where yeah like that something like that happens and and it's nothing else nothing nothing good happens after that they probably had that idea like of a death scene and then just built tried to build a movie around it and just you know had ran out of ideas it seemed like a Final Destination idea, and they're like, "Oh, totally, man. totally, we'll take this." Yeah. Um, so moving down my list once again in no particular order, um, the scene in Big Trouble in Little China, where Thunder, which is like the 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 stronger guy, gets so mad that he explodes, was oh, like as a kid, I just remember watching that and his like foot blowing through his shoe. And it just looks so gross. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, if, if this guy could just control his anger, I feel like he could have given Jack Burton more of a fight. But he just got so <laughs> mad after he saw, you know, Lopan get, you know, fucking get murdered. Uh, and he just it was just great. Like, it's just like you see he turned into like almost like a cabbage patch, a uh, garbage pail kid. And uh, he fucking got so mad that he and it was very relatable at that time. So 86, I was eight. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, when you're a kid, you just get so mad and you're like, oh, I'm so angry. And then you see that and you're like, it's almost like a tale of warning. You know, I think later on I I, I uh, got over my anger issues, uh, probably from seeing that movie. So never get too angry. And uh, so, yeah, Big Trouble and Little China, which was just so good. Like, so I don't know. It's just such a fun, like if there was justice in the world. That would have been the, the biggest movie ever because I remember it had everything you wanted. It had monsters. Uh, it had fucking like karate. It had action. It had hot chicks. It had everything you could ever want. And and fucking um, 
John Carpenter was probably like, okay, like this is going to be my one. This is going to be my thing. Right. You know, it didn't happen with, um, uh, no, yeah, that, that was like the, the biggest one he did up to that point, right? Yeah, it was just too odd for everybody to latch on to. Him. You know Maybe. what I mean? I loved it, obviously, but as far as like a mainstream success at that time, it's, it's unusual. Okay, listen, I was up here and you brought me back down because after you mentioning that, I'm, 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 because you, you know, we were kids, so I'm wondering who brought yeah. me to that movie. I should, yeah. a- I should ask my <laughs> uncle. I'm like, hey, remember Big Trouble in Little China? What you yeah. think about? He was probably like older, and yeah. he was like, this is probably the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. And I'm sitting there going, like, this is the greatest thing ever. All right, yeah. all right, brought Be me the back right down. age. Brought me back down. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to shout out uh, Midsommar, the cliff dive on mm. Midsommar. I uh, love that film. This is especially savage to me because, uh, you know, what the face is, what what happens to the face slow motion when the first girl falls, that flap of, flap of face that falls off when she hits the rock, and then the guy that doesn't make it, we see his broken leg, and to put him out of misery, they make his face into like hamburger meat with up closes. And I think it works extra because of the daylight and brightness of it. You know, the kill happening and perfect. You can visually see it's an, not a nighttime kill or sign anything blocked out. It's like, boom, right there. So I love it. Yeah. So seeing that in theaters, uh, you know, I, I love that. You know, I, I know we're not comparing movies, but I, you know, his other movie hereditary was just not something I liked. This one was more of like, Whoa, this is bizarre. And it takes place all during the daytime. And when that scene happened, you're like, because there was no like buildup. There was like, you're not expecting it. There's not like this tension build. There's not like the score behind it. And you're like, Oh my God, something bad's going to happen. You're just like, it was so like nonchalant, (laughs) you know, that you're just like, okay. Yeah, the absence of a score like really, I think, enhances that kind of shit. Because then yeah. you can also get a clear, clear uh, audio of them hitting a the rock, you know. Yeah, and and also that was a movie where there was so much going on; it was so bizarre. But mm-hmm. at, by the end of the movie, you're like, "Oh yeah, none of this made sense un- until the end," and you're like, "All oh, these people are fucking crazy," and you just got duped. You yeah, know? but the whole time you're just yeah. like visually like stimulated by everything that's happening to just be like, yo, how are you not seeing what's going on right now? Like, get the fuck out of here. So, yeah, it's his, it's his fine, finest moment. Esther's this film, I think. Uh, Did you watch Bo? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, and not as much as Midsommar. Um, I do need to rewatch it. But uh. I did like it. I like Joaquin and I love Parker Posey. Uh, and the certain scenes of it were, were very uh, intense and I like. But overall, I don't know. I need to see it again. See where I finally come to on it. All right. Uh, here's a movie we covered. The Mutilator. Nice. The Mutilator. I think I know where you're going here. Well, there was two in particular. Um, I, I think what really made this movie work for me back then was just like the savagery because the plot. <laughs> yeah, the plot was like, you know, non-existent. There was nothing really <laughs> to anything. It was just like, yeah. hey, I need you to go to this house and close down <laughs> the stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, I've got to go to over here. My dad, like, okay, yeah, whatever. Uh, but the, the scene, obviously, where uh, Big Ed takes this girl uh, Big Ed's the killer and he decides to dispose of her by sticking some sort of like fisherman hook or something I don't know what it was it was just it was right it, and yeah. he like he like puts it towards like the the front of her crotch and it comes out through like her stomach Uh, I mean hey at the end of the day you could say whatever you want for the movie but you see that and you're like Whoa, what just happened? You know, and the effect was great. I heard that, yeah. uh, 
it was like obviously you know like a a dummy body and they they stick her body from like the you know the rest of it and then they filled her whatever lower half with like condoms filled with blood so when like right. the hook you know very cool effect but also another part of that movie was uh the killer's demise always stuck with me when the girl backed up the car and cut him in half mm-hmm. um because it was just yeah just like strings and everything hanging out and then he was still alive which i thought was just great like those two scenes those two death scenes uh in particular uh worth the price of admission especially sure. now if it, once you're older and you watch a movie that's so absolutely absurd and ridiculous um yeah they're like playing hide and seek in the hat like yeah. just no it's insane it's insane but everything you could want in watching one of those films of that era that's going to make you laugh and give you some little savagery in it it's it's a home run you're right yeah yeah, yeah. and then the, yeah. the the music like the sitcom music that we it's just un- unbelievable yeah. like the, the the tone change like <laughs> You watched all these like savage murders, and then it turns into like you know, welcome back, and then everyone has yeah. their, like their moment it's in the insane. scene, like the, the, the you know the, the ending where they put their their names up next to their their uh fucking screenshots. Very funny. So, all right, I'm gonna give you an obvious one, uh, but it, it has to be shouted out here. Um, when you talk about the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, you know, and the mutilator made me think to go to this one because when you said about plot and this and that films of this era, like it was basically all that revolved around were how creative are your kills going to be? Cause the, your, your story is going to be dog shit really when you break down to it, probably not make sense or just be silly or pointless. So kill to kill, what are you coming with creatively? And I think the sleeping bag, bag kill, you know, we have to speak its name in part, uh, uh, seven, seven. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when 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 he pulls a girl out and zips her up, grabs it, slams it again, and I remember seeing that in the theater, you know, in high school, and we, me and my friend, we knew we were we were watching something special, something memorable, <laughs> a piece yeah. of history. Yeah, yeah, we do. We talked about it the next yeah. day a lot. This this was the one, you know. You know, and and later on, the beauty of all these like stories that eventually make it out of all these like productions is like they wanted to do Jason versus Carrie. Oh, okay. That mm-hmm. makes sense. But that didn't happen. So they came up with this. Uh and then John Carl Beekler did all the effects. And this was around the time that like, you know, like the PMRC, like, you know, the Tipper Gore yeah. people. Sure. And they were like, okay, we're cutting out all the violence because the sleeping bag, he did six wax, which that the uncut <laughs> version the six wax, that's awesome. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. So if you go to YouTube, for anyone who cares, and you go to Friday the 13th Part 7 um, uncut death scenes, they're all really good. Like, they're all, like, that dude, John Carl Beekler, R.I.P., um, really did a great job on on just, like, upping all the death. Like, to be honest with you, probably the best death scenes in, in the whole franchise uh, that all just got cut out, you know, because he was such a wizard at that stuff. But I mean, like, sleeping bags, iconic. Even with that one whack, it's just whatever. But like, yeah, he gave yeah. he gave her six. <laughs> That's uh, hilarious. Uh, there was uh, yeah, I guess I'll just keep going down this list. So, uh, death proof car scene. Mm. Um. I love the first set of like the four girls or whatever it was, you know, you're like, okay, this is who, you know, you're just so accustomed to being like, okay, this is what these are the final, one of these girls is the final, final girls. And then you halfway through the movie, uh, you notice that, you know, uh, stuntman Mike is about to eviscerate this car and you're like, oh, maybe one of them will survive. And then there's this head-on collision, and and man, you know, a, a car crash is something that could happen every day. So you see yeah. it, and it's like extra brutal. Uh, and the way Quentin filmed it was he, uh, I guess, showed every angle, you know, of 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 uh, of the crash. So you know, you see um, 
the leg rip off. You see like the the chest getting cr- like you know you see it four times, and then the last one being um I forgot the girl's name, but like that tire like fucking rubber face off. Oh yeah, it's yeah. I, I don't remember a character's name now, but uh yeah, that's savage man. Yeah, shout out all- to the one with Rose McGowan too. That's that's good. That line he has about you know he's like you, when you- she can be scared. Yeah, he's like, you want to go? He's like, he's like, am I making a left or right here? And she's like, oh, yeah, that's... so then she's like, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like, it would have been a lot, a lot later till you figure it out. We, you know, whatever. Um, and then also during this death scene, like that song, I forgot Mitch Green, Mitch, <laughs> Mitch Green, Mitch Titch, whatever the fuck. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I can't, I forget the name of the song, but that combined with the death scene is so fucking great. And uh yeah, that that movie that, that movie wasn't bad, but like you know what part I don't like? Like I love that whole setup with Starman Mike, and I love that kill. I love the Rose McGowan part, and I love this. You know, the one at the end with Zoe on the windshield. That stunt is it's insane. That whole part in between that, where we introduce these next four girls, and they're sitting around the table talking, like in the beginning of Reservoir Dogs, and then. They go, the girl and the cheerleader, and they go to look for that car. It just goes on like too much. But like certain parts of that movie, oh, Ima- it. imagine it going on and it was still. So the original, have you seen the two hour version of the movie? No, it's, I haven't. I don't think so. It, it's for the super fans for sure. Um, because there's oh, wait, is that the one that was released in the theater with the double or no, no, no. So the one with the double, he he chopped down to like 70 minutes. Okay. There's like uh like right now if you watch it because like you know later on with the streaming services they they break them up. Mm. It's not like a double feature anymore. Now it's like Planet Terror and Death Proof. Right. Um. So you can watch the. I think it's like an hour and fifty four minutes, and I think the original one with the double feature might have been like seventy seventy five minutes, and even that felt long. Yeah. Because you're watching. A, a double feature with a whole bunch of trailers and you know in between and um a lot of talking which i didn't mind but yeah the, I, I like both versions but you know i'm i'm yeah. a, i'm a fan i could sit there but yeah like so the 2 hour version has like stuntman mike stalking the first set of girls even more or the second set uh there's just more footage and it's 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 okay. cool he's like sniffing um Rosario Dawson's feet. Of course. I think I think I think uh Quentin leans into it now for sure. Uh death okay, so you're up. Uh Bone Tomahawk. Uh I'm sure you I mean the scene, you know the scene. Uh yeah. <laughs> these predator like Native American guys take this dude and strip him naked and take a blunt object sharp object and hit him right in the paint and pull his body apart so all of his guts can spill out man yeah something good film good film and that scene was just like whoa that was i did not expect it to get that savage in this film and yeah did. uh you know another movie you know slow western um but boy that payoff you know just like it, it, it's a slow ride there, but it's very entertaining because all the characters are great. All the actors are great. And then like yeah. once once one, you know, once it crescendos, you're like, wow, that was fucking brutal. Uh, okay, hey. So I have. What do we have? Three left. I, don't know. I just figured we keep going. Till we oh, OK. <laughs> all, right. all right, cool. So um, I got a uh, pan's labyrinth. Um. I remember seeing that in theaters and there was one scene in particular that was, a, you know, when you take away the monster aspect, the slasher aspect, and it's just like two people fighting. And this, this guy, you know, this general uh, sees this like, uh, I forget exactly the, the scene or who the other person was, but the, the general, instead of shooting this person, he decides to take a bottle and he just smashes his face in. You know, at first, like, you know, you see the nose goes and all this other stuff, but it was just it looked very real. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I, I guess if you're going to beat someone to death 
with this fucking bottle and it doesn't smash. Uh, you know, he just he disfigured him and then just fucking knocked his, you know, front of his face into the back of the face. And uh, that was uh, that was quite the scene to see in a movie theater. Yeah. You're like, you're like OK, buddy, that's a good one. So uh, Pan's Labyrinth for me. Great one. Yeah, I just rewatched that recently. Forgot about that. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to shout out here from Zombie 2. Fulci found the slow eye. Uh, oh, yeah. Gouge yeah, yeah. with the splinter. Um, the, what, <laughs> what I love about some Italian film. I love Fulci's my favorite. I'm not into the Argeno shit as much. I like the, the, the gore, the ridiculous gore. And, uh, and <laughs> this scene just goes so slow. He's building it up like where the zombie grabs her head and then you see the splintered door and then you see her head and the door and the music is just going on. And then they go in closer, like right by the eyeball. And when the impact of the splinter and the eyeball meet, it doesn't go away. It slowly shows the puncture and the goo come out like that. We're going to show you every detail as slow as possible. And it's it's, it's hilarious. I find it hilarious. That's a, that's a really good pick because I that's iconic, you know. Yeah. But it's also forgotten, you know. I think like the us older people will remember that. But yeah, when mm. you watch it, it's I mean that's a fucking and then she breaks she it breaks off. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> goddamn. <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> goddamn. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that is one strong zombie for sure. You know. Totally. Nothing weak about, you know, they move slow, but if they get you, it's like uh it's like uh a fucking linebacker grabbing a hold of you. Uh so I have the Toxic Avenger. The Toxic Avenger. Um gross. <laughs> like in nineteen eighty four, I, I definitely didn't see it in in eighty four. I probably saw it later on, like a couple mm-hmm. of years, not too much after. Uh, certain movies, you know, I describe like, you know, you could watch Friday the 13th and there was violence. Then there was just, just like evil people doing evil shit. And like the movies were so fucking vile that you're just like, ah, this movie is so gross. Uh, Toxic Avenger was definitely one of those where it just, it it looked, I guess kind of like a, like a, a psycho made the movie. You know, so the uh, you you have like the the these group of kids that are awful in the car, and they're um they're giving each other points to see, you know, running people over, or whatever, and uh, then mm-hmm. they see this little kid on a bicycle, and uh, you know, they're like, oh, he, you know, hit this kid, and and you know, like they fucking run him over. And then he's like, <laughs> the the girls in the back, they're like, oh, he's still alive. <laughs> they fucking like backs the fucking car up and you're watching this and then he runs over uh the kid's head and it splatters mm-hmm. and and like there was not not there, there weren't many movies like that you know you had this the scanners thing um maniac like, yeah like I, I have i have maniac on my list um well, you know, we'll make this into a head exploding. Uh, yeah. So like the head explode, right <laughs> it, it just like you, you really, you really go for it. And it was like extra vile, I think, as a kid to think of your head just being completely decimated, you know, and uh, yeah. Toxic Avenger really did, did a good job on that. Um, so, so yeah, funny. that's my pick. So funny. And while, well, while we're talking about that maniac, uh, just uh and that guy jumps on the car, shoots Tom Savini right in the head, and it goes and it's complete and slow motion. Like Savini is like, I'm gonna, you're gonna see every detail. I'm so proud of my work. You're gonna see this slowly, and then from every angle, the back of his head and how it explodes. It's just uh, that and scanners. Those are the three best head explosions. You know, yeah. But I forgot yeah. about the top Avenger. That's a great one, man. So yeah, Maniac was same thing. You know, you're you're yep. watching this movie that's fucking like just a, a little extra. Like it's just extra. Yeah. Even even in the production value, uh, it's just extra. And uh, it there when when we had the mom and pop shops, they were like the you know horror movies that you would normally rent, 
And then there was ones like off the off the beaten path where yeah. you're just like, all right, cool. Something let's try dirty it. about it. Something dirty about it. And maniac, same thing. And I, I love it was Savini's own head that he exploded. And uh, <laughs> that was just. Uh, yeah. And, and also, too, like, you know, when you're thinking of like movies like this, like a lot of times it's like a knife or a machete, like, you know, it's never like a shotgun blast to the head. You know, so that was that was one of the things. So the explosive uh, quality. Well, yeah, we're getting towards the end. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lump a couple of things together too. I'm gonna give you a twofer here of uh from Texas Chainsaw Massacre one, the classic hammer to the head, leatherface first kill. You got no music going on. Guy goes into this dark house, which is lit beautifully, which is all natural because you know it's completely low budget. We see the skulls on the wall, and then this guy comes out and hits him with the mallet. We hear it. We don't hear music. The It wasn't a nice, clean kill like you would see in movies before. The guy's legs spaz out, and then he hits him again to stop his legs from, you know, and you knew you were in for a ride. And then that, that loud way when he closes that door and slams it shut, and you're wondering what's going on behind there. I mean, it doesn't get much more powerful than that. Definitely one of my favorite kills in history. And I'm going to double that up with uh, LG's slow death in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. The guy gets beat by Chop Top several times. His legs are flipping out again. And then he's not even dead yet. He They drag his ass all the way back to that lair of theirs. So when Stretch gets there, he's still talking where his face is peeled off in different parts. He's still alive. I mean... Talk about an agonizing slow death. Yeah, that that was that was extra. That was <laughs> yeah. that was extra because you know you think of how hard. I think anything with a hammer, like I mentioned in Kill List, you're like, yeah. damn, like you could only take so many of those to the head before, like you're just you're in a lot of fucking trouble. Uh, and watching sure. L- LG, like he, you know, like Chop Top just kept hitting him. And uh, yeah, that scene is top fucking tier horror movie violence. So like when you, yeah. the direction, the acting, everything about it, like that's like stratosphere. And humor. Yeah. It's fucking humor in it somehow. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> for sure. Incoming yeah. male. He's yeah. still spitting, doing his little spit take while his fucking body's all severed. It's Inco- insane. Yeah, incoming male. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I will just say real quick, uh, there was a really like spiders are gross, right? They're just gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry if anyone's a fan of spiders. So they, they always got to me. So I'm somebody that watches anything spider related, even if it's terrible from like big ass spider, which is great or arachnophobia. Um, but the, the, there was parts in, in the mist and arachnophobia that had great death stuff you know when when the um the tarantula hitches a ride in, in arachnophobia and uh sucks the blood uh, the blood out of the corpse and then they open it up and you're just like holy shit uh then there's a, a scene in the mist where um they discover these bodies one of them's alive and it's just like this black dude that has like these lesions all over his face and then they start popping and these like spider like creatures come out of it like that's fucking gross. Super <laughs> yeah. fucking gross. Um, it, just terrible. And uh, then after that, I have one more. So what do you have? Um. Well, before we get to terrify, I'll give you another. I'm oh, terrify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have before we get to terrify because I got I got one more. Yep. I'm going to give you the Romero uh, trifecta right here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Night of the living. Night of the living dead. When. We see that guy. I'm going to shout out that zombie that's eating that piece of flesh and that bone because you ain't seen that in like something like that in one of those movies yet at that point. Like, you know, I can't imagine what people like were seeing that for the first time must have blown their fucking minds because that was like gore, like, you know, or or Herschel Gordon Lewis, of course, too. But like, I don't know who beat who with that. But uh, total shout out to that zombie. Then I'm going to go Dawn of the Dead. With that hilarious ass big foreheaded dude that walks on, gets his chop, top chop by the helicopter. So funny because his forehead is like five feet above his 
his eyebrow line. You know something's going to happen. And they <laughs> shot that head right off. So funny. And, um, and of course, we're wrapping up with Day of the Dead. Captain Rhodes getting pulled apart. Joke yeah. on it. Yeah. Bub I- getting his come up. Getting his come up. It's from Bub. It's perfect. Um, so the, the last episode of creep show of season four had, um, a nod to George and it's George Romero in 3d. I forget what it is. And in it, there's a scene with it where a zombie, you know, they, 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 you know, they give the homage and, and he gets his head chopped off by a ceiling fan the same way. So I, th- <laughs> awesome. I, th- I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, so my last one, before we jump into the terrifier stuff, uh, Hellraiser two. Uh, always got me when the Dr. Channard uh took one of his mental patients to the mattress where Julia, you know, was stuck in, I guess. And Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes crazy people see like you know, maggots and weird shit on them, and mentally, you know, it happened in martyrs. So the doctor gives this fucking lunatic, um, a scalpel or like a razor or something. And he's just trying to get these maggots off of him, but there's no maggots on him. And he's just slicing his body completely everywhere. And it's like, watch that now. It's still really fucking like it it hits your stomach. Like, you know, because you could do so much damage to yourself with a fucking razor. And he did. uh, Yeah. You know, he brought Julia back to life. But that scene was fucking wild for sure. So. Uh, let's do T1, T2, and wrap. Yeah, I mean, for me, the first one to come to mind, obviously the girl hung upside down and he takes her apart with a hacksaw and number one. That's my standout. I don't know. You want to go your standout of one you were going to mention? Was it that? or? So we uh, we put it on in the background, me and Karen, while we were, like, building uh, something, uh, you know, this thing that we bought for the cats. And I just, you know, it's been a while since I watched the first one. I was like, this movie is so fucking good. It brought me back to the first time I saw it. Um, It was just like when you want like a fucking like sometimes you put on a horror movie that looks like that, you know, love, but like it feels like low budget or, you know, whatever. And it's like, man, this movie's going nowhere. Goddamn terrifier. <laughs> it just fucking like. Everything about it, and and I went back to the pizzeria, and I'm watching him, and he's, like, so obsessed with with the girl, and he gets her, like, a fucking, uh, you know, 25-cent, you know, ring. Everything about it, I every fucking kill on it was just, like, they, to have a movie where every kill could make this list is a fucking feat, but... It gave me the feel... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say for me, like I'll, I'll do the guy in the pizzeria, like the the the, okay. the 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 guy that was cleaning the toilet. Like he fucking savagely fucking killed this guy, stabbing his fucking face, like everything about it. And I'm like, I forget just how brutal he did the dude in the pizzeria. Oh uh, yeah, that's a killer one. But that, 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 to shout out, just the franchise in general. The first time I saw it, it it, it brought that feeling like what you were saying with when you go to the mom and pop store in the maniac box and there was something dangerous about it that's like the film felt to me i'm like okay so i've seen a lot of glossy horror that i'm like i know like in like 10 minutes i'm like i know what the fuck is going on here i'm like oh there's something dangerous about this again and i like the way it feels because that's how i felt as a kid watching these kind of movies you know so uh unbelievable and and i think what what really helps is that damien comes from an effects background Yes. And the effects over everything for these two movies, because the effects and and David, you know, the memorable film. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The job that he did, it was just like this perfect storm um, where it it just didn't even it didn't even matter. Like you're just great kills and a memorable villain. That's the 80s pattern of a slasher. We were just saying that makes it work, you know, and entertaining and embraced by fans. And this is he had it. You know? He had it, yeah, like just unbelievable, and um, obviously anything in two, but specifically so much the cannibal, the cannibal corpse, fucking uh, album cover, totally, 
Uh, and- that scene is so funny because I saw it and I've told the story. I went with a friend of mine who likes horror films, but not like a brain damaged person like me, like likes horror films, you know? So when that scene was going on, I remember hearing him saying, Jesus Christ, because it just kept going on and on. Just when I thought it's going to end, something else happens. Then he goes out of the room and he comes back with bleach and salt to pour yeah. on top of her. And then no, and then it's not over yet because now we got to bring her mother in to come see the scene. It's yeah. like holy shit, dude. Art was just art was just really entertaining himself. He was just like, oh my god, this yeah. is so great. Wait till she sees us. Mashed and potatoes. mashed potato face. Yeah, yeah mashed yeah. potatoes. <laughs> like, I mean, if you told me that he like you know freestyled that move, I'd believe you because it just seems so out of. Out of nowhere, where he just like takes these mashed potatoes and smashes it into her fucking face. And um, that story you posted the other day about him taking a crack at Friday the Thirteenth, I didn't get to read it, Damien. But goddamn, I would be all about that. I would. I really would. Because yeah. why not? Like, give give him a fucking shot. Let's see what he could do with like a budget and and like some. You know, why not? I'm sure David Gordon Green will beat him to it. So <laughs> the, the savior of horror. Uh, and and lastly, I, I, I do want to mention pretty much every kill in, in the Saw franchise. I just couldn't pick yeah. one. I saw Saw X and I fucking loved it. Saw X was so fucking good. Um, there was one ki- kill, one, you know, torture in particular where I was like, holy shit, that's fucking good. Like audition style, you know. Okay. Uh, oh, very, yeah. Very, very good. So, uh, big. Fan if you're going to shout out the Saw franchise too, I should shout out Final Destination franchise too. Another clever ass kills thing, and I got it for me. Uh, you know, the intro to part two with the freeway scene because I drive on the LIE every day, and I think about sometimes as I pass someone in some horrific accident, I'm like, God, that. That could be any of us, right? Anybody, now. yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. We're we're in this metal box hurtling down this road with all a bunch of other people. We're all going like fucking seventy five miles an hour. Like anything could happen, and that that intro is just ugh, always the kills one. Me. The one thing about that franchise why I didn't pick any of it is, uh, man, it just a lot of the CGI stuff. Mm, you know, I but know. like the inventedness, like the you know the eye exam. The 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 tanning bed, yeah, There's a lot of good stuff that happened. Uh, the getting sucked out by the swimming pool. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just impossible. You, we could do ten on Saw and Final Destination, one hundred percent. Yeah, um, I would love to see someone take all the Final Destination movies and redo them with practical effects. Yeah, yeah. Let's see I what mean, happens. Yeah, for sure. Because it's that's the one thing for me. Um. But other than that, that was of the time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was in that 2000, like 2000 was the first one where they're like, OK, yeah. if we're not doing practical and CGI is just kind of like starting, you know, there's just like, uh, so and then Jane when you Hunt- suggested we did do our list from that time period and I was rewatching some of the stuff, I forgot how prevalent that was. Like, just oh, like, oh yeah. my God. Well, it was it- so bad. And I think that's where French horror really excelled, where, you know, everything from Irreversible, which was not really horror, to like, right. you know, uh, all the way up to Martyrs, right? On Tears, to... that was another yeah. big gory one. Yeah. You know, they, they had like a good run and it was just all like super like practical and yeah. pure violence. So, uh, cool. all right, cool. Listen. Yeah. Ra- wrapped it up. Happy Halloween, man. Oh, absolutely. Nice. Uh, watch, you guys, watch, watch the producer's cut. I'm gonna, when I uh, get to that one. Yeah, yeah you, you gotta rent it unless you could find it. I rented it off of Voodoo for like three bucks. Yeah, I'll find it pretty good like that. Yeah. On, on, what is it? Uncut producer's cut. The uncut raw. Yeah, it's like one, it's like an hour and 35 minutes. Okay. Nice. The non-stepped on version. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want that shit cut. You don't want that shit stepped on. Nah, hell no. They give you that buck All right. 25. All right. 
Peace. Peace.